Hello, my beautiful babies. I'm your host, Tiana Thompson, and this is Affirmations of a Bad Bitch. Today, I have grief specialist and podcast host, Sharon Brubaker, with me. Hello, Sharon. Hi, thank you for having me on your show. This is exciting. Yes, thank you for coming. I'm so excited to talk to you. Today's episode is all about grief, with you being a grief specialist, which I love. Um, I went through losing my mother a couple years ago, and so I thought this episode would be awesome and for other people to, you know, connect with their hearts and figure out what to do. It's really interesting how um, we will all have grieving experiences in our life, right? Yes. But no one ever gave us the book on how to go through it. Right. You're like, what do you do? Navigating it on your own. Yes, exactly. You're so navigating it on your own and it would be so much better. And this is what I think. Let me help people and show them, Hey, this is what worked for me. This may not work for you, but let's try some things and see what, exactly. what happens. Yes. Yeah. And that's amazing. Thank you for what you do, because a lot of people need that support and that help. Starting off with kind of what you do, just kind of go ahead and tell us a little bit about your journey and how you help people get through grief. Sure. Absolutely. So in 2006, I was sitting in a realtor's open house. I was a real estate agent and my 17 year old daughter called me and she literally screamed into the phone uh, that she had lost my nephew, Austin. Austin was 10 years old. He was everything quirky and funny. And to this day, I know that she doesn't know she said the word I lost. So, but the fear in her voice was so high pitched. It took my breath away and my knees absolutely fell. And I fell to the ground. It was three hours after that initial phone call. We found out that he had in fact drowned on father's day weekend at the lake with my brother, my brother-in-law and a, a bunch of other family members and kids. My sister Erica wasn't there. And I was walking up the stairs to tell her we had found him and that he had drowned. And the thought went to my head is I've never grieved before. And I was so naive with grief. I thought only Erica was going to grieve and that the rest of us were going to have to be a support for her. And it was eight months of sheer hell. That's what I can tell you. It was eight months of sheer hell. Anyway, long story longer. Um, I learned a lot of things in that year. I started studying out grief, everything that I could find on grief to help her. And the whole time I was dying. I was dying mm -hmm. inside. I felt like, how am I ever going to get through this? And I wouldn't share anything with her because I didn't think it was fair to her. Yeah. You thought you had to be strong for her. I thought I had to be strong. It's the number one yes. myth that we tell everybody, just be strong or just give it time. Mm -hmm. 10 years after that initial loss, her 21 year old son was killed in a motorcycle accident. Oh my God. And so I had to tell my sister for the second time that she had lost a child. Now I thought, Hey, we already got this. We know what we're going to do. And she had a different plan. She was mad that he bought the motorcycle. She was mad that God took a second child of hers and it showed up totally different. Mm -hmm. And so through that, I even saw the grief in a deeper way is what we most often do is we resist any type of healing. It hurts so bad we just, we freeze. It's almost like you just freeze. And then yes. anytime the pain starts to come in, we resist it. And so that's um, a second program that I created called resisting the pain of grief and processing grief. Okay. 
So uh, we know that there are 45 or more known losses that a griever can experience. Death and divorce are the most popular that we all talk about, right? Mm -hmm. But what about, you said, breakup of a friendship. What if you had the best girlfriend for 15 years and now you're not friends anymore? What if you lose your job? What if you become homeless? What if you win the lottery? Even winning the lottery can cause a grieving experience. So yes, Mm -hmm. you're right. There are many ways we can grieve. Yeah. So, and what, for those that don't know, what are the stages of grief? Okay. I'm so glad you asked this question. I love it. There are no stages of grief. Okay. I love that too. I love that answer because it's not, you know, everybody goes through the same. Yeah. So, okay. So way back when Austin died in 2006, the only thing that I had learned in college was the stages of grief. So here's Erica and I out and she's got a master's degree in psychology and we're like stuck in these stages. Right. And every day I'm trying to find out what stage she was in, but they didn't make sense. Especially when I got to denial, one day I called her up and I said, Hey, how are you doing? And she said, well, today I'm in denial because we were trying to make the stages fit, but they weren't exactly fitting. Mm -hmm. And I was like, denial, almost like she had lost her mind. Right. And I was like, she knows he died. Why is she in denial? And so I whispered really low into the phone and I said, you know, Austin died, right? Yes, silly. I know he died. And that was at that moment that I was like, these stages don't fit. So Mm -hmm. I have done a lot of work on a, uh, Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who first wrote the stages, she actually wrote them for the dying patient. So these are the stages when you get a terminal illness, these are what the dying patient will go through. Okay. Unfortunately, a psychiatrist took, there were 13 stages at first, a psychiatrist took five of the stages, attached them to grief and did a huge disservice to us because now we spent our whole grieving experience trying to figure out what stage we're in. Yeah, that's very interesting. I did not know that. Wow. Think about a grieving experience, right? So one day you could be mad. Mm -hmm. One day you could be happy. One day you could feel a little bit of joy. One day you could feel depressed. There's not a list of stages. It's not linear. It's not a straight line. And it's not a checklist. Yep. I just feel sad for people that are constantly trying to see what stage they're in. And I can't even tell you how many grievers come to us and they are like, um, well, I know that today I'm in anger, you know, and so we try to help them, you know, like they're kind of, yeah. Putting themselves in a box kind of like they're not allowing themselves to expand and fully feel what they need to feel. Um, so how do you suggest people even begin? How do you start to process what you're feeling? So I'm so glad you asked me this question because I listened to a podcast of yours where you shared about allowing mom in. You shared Mm -hmm. one night, you lit candles and you took a hot bath and you just let it in. Mm -hmm. And that, my friend, was such a beautiful podcast I was listening to. Oh, thank you. Yes. And I was like, oh, she's processing. Look at that. So that's it. That is the beginning stages. So what what do I mean by that? Grief totally sucks. It totally sucks. It's probably for most people, the worst experience we've ever had, right? Losing someone, especially Mm -hmm. someone close to us. And so instead of resisting it, which resisting looks like putting our hands up and pushing back, you want to lean into the suck. You want to lean into it as much as possible. And sometimes I even tell clients physically lean forward, 
but you got to let the pain in because yes. the only way out of this is through it. If we keep resisting it and pushing back against it, it's just going to prolong it. And it's going to be there longer. Mm -hmm. So, and I find that when we tell grievers, it's okay, let it in. I promise you, you won't be like this for the rest of your life. It, most emotions will come through us from beginning to end in about a minute and a half. If we allow that sadness in and then brokenness and whatever we allow in, but the key is allowing, allowing it in. And then on top of that, talking about it, talking about it is so important in the beginning. Yes, very true. I feel like, like for me personally, I definitely did not want to talk about it or didn't want to allow myself to process. And then I was finally like, okay, this sucks. Like it's time to get it over with here. <laughs> so, and I watched a TV show actually, it's called um, the midnight gospel. It's on Netflix. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, oh. Okay. It's by Duncan Trestle, if you know who that is. And there's an episode that talks about grief and they talk about how the pain that you're feeling, you have to lean into that. And once you do, you realize that the pain is the love that you feel for that person. And that like, is where like, kind of, I was like, okay, like I'm ready. Yeah, exactly. And so here's the other thing that happens, right? As far as talking goes, we have to make sure the person we're talking to is a safe place. Yes. That they're going to listen to us without judgment, without correction. You know, if I walked up to you and I said, oh my gosh, Austin died and I, I don't know what to do. And my heart's just broken. And I don't know how to help my sister. And you said, wow, that's really bad. Did you see the Dodger game on Wednesday? And you changed the subject. And which happens with most people in society because we're ill prepared to deal with grief and loss or allow that person to have that moment and have the moment of grieving. And yes. so, because we don't know what to do, we're like, I'm going to make her cry. If I let her talk about this, she's going to start crying. Then I really won't know what to do. Yeah. We freak out about it. Right. Mm -hmm. The best thing that we can do as society is just allow people to talk and, and let them share where they're at. Yes. Just be vulnerable and open. Yeah. Um, yeah. So once you kind of start processing and letting those feelings go, Coming to terms with loss, accepting it, how do you think that kind of comes in? Um, like, is there a timeline? Is there a certain way to go about it? Or does it just happen naturally with processing? Yeah. So processing is the beginning stage. Mm -hmm. And processing is the part that I teach because most people don't even know what's the first thing that I should do. Because what do we do first? We start calling all the people, we post on social media, and we start planning the funeral. Mm -hmm. And then let's say uh, two or three weeks later, everyone's gone back home and I've got to wake up by myself and be reminded of that, right? So processing is the very first stage. Mm -hmm. Here's what happens. Grief happens in our heart. Grief is a broken heart. It's an emotional experience that takes place in our heart. But our brain is so smart, it's trying us to keep us away from this pain. It perceives grief as danger, and so it's trying to keep us away. When you process, your heart and your brain kind of come on the same, they line up. And that's when you're ready to do the work. And um, have you heard the expression, which I hate this expression, closure, when you get closure? I feel yes. like they say it on the news all the time. It's like, when they get closure. Yes. I don't buy into closure either. I buy into completeness. Okay. I walked a journey with Austin. The day Austin was born, I was at the hospital. 
I was, uh, my sister and I are very close. I was very involved in my nephew's life. He was at my house all the time. Mm -hmm. I love this kid. But on the day that he died, my journey with him ended way too soon. He and I walked this journey together. And so I needed to complete my relationship with him. I needed to look at everything about him that I loved, everything that I still needed to say that I never got a chance to say, and all of the brokenness that was left in my heart. And I completed my journey with him in through a writing, uh, a journaling process that I teach. Okay. And that's how I complete. Yes. So it's about completing. The, I think one of the other questions you asked is how long does grief last? It lasts as long as it lasts. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I don't also buy into is that you'll never heal your broken heart. You absolutely can heal a broken heart if you take the action steps towards healing it. Yeah, for sure. I think everybody handles differently and it takes some people longer to process than others and all of that. But my mom died six years ago. I am still dealing with that. I'm Mm -hmm. very, you know, I'm much better than I used to be, but (laughs) still on the healing process, but it is much, it does get so much, not easier, but more, um, I can, I can take it now. (laughs) Yeah. So, so how I describe it is, um, I will miss them for the rest of my life. Also, my um, my very best girlfriend of 15 years, who I love to death, uh, passed away uh, last month. It was five years. Oh. So she passed away five years ago. And she was my soul sister. Like, we did everything together. We talked on the phone every day, all of that. I'm not trying to compare to your mom, but it was just like, oh, she yeah. was my person. Mm-hmm. And I completed my relationship with her, which is really beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. But I miss her. And I will miss her every day until I leave this earth. But how I describe that part is that the intensity of how much I miss her is not as heavy as it used to be. Yes. Like I can still sit there. I can look at pictures of her now. I can talk about her now. I can share about her. But man, there are days that I really need to talk to her, you know, Mm -hmm. really need. I have things to say to her. So, yes, the intensity of it goes down. Yeah. So I had one of my listeners asked a question, um, has a question for me to ask you. She lost a sister a few years mm-hmm. ago, and then she also recently lost a baby. And um, she just kind of wanted me to ask on, I don't know, your beliefs spiritually or religious, um, anything like that. But she wanted to know kind of, is her sister, you know, with her, like there? She's not completely gone or, and she wanted to know if the baby, you know, if she got to meet the baby or if the baby's okay, if they're both okay, sort of that, what's your kind of view on that stuff? My view on that is that, um, they are always with us and I have story after story after story that I can share. Mm -hmm. One of the things I also believe is when we're in the crux of the, um, the fresh new grieving, They don't really appear to us as much, I don't think, because um, they know we're so broken and we're so grieving. So, for example, let me just give you this story. Mm -hmm. Uh, Austin, since he was a very young age, would find pennies on the ground and he would give them to his dad. And one day his dad said, that's a penny from heaven. And his whole life until he was 10 years old, until he left this earth, would find a penny and give it to whoever was near and say, this is a penny from heaven. 
this kid, I have found pennies. I've gone up, gotten up in the middle of the night to go to the restroom and come back and there's been a penny in my bed. I've oh put my, my shoe in my shoe. I closed my door and there's a penny stuck in the door. I, we found pennies everywhere. I also realized sometimes where I was missing him the most, I was finding more pennies. It was mm-hmm. amazing. So um, are there signs for them? Yes. Do I personally believe they're here with us? I believe we're all connected. This is my personal belief. I believe we're all connected spiritually. That's what Mm -hmm. I believe. Um, But a very good question is that um, I also, my program is not religious, so I don't open the Bible. We don't pray. I don't quote scriptures because I don't know where you're going to be at. Mm -hmm. I don't know where the next person going to be at? What if someone comes to me and their heart's broken and they're an atheist? Or what if someone comes to me and they're a devout Christian? Yes. You know what I mean? So I need to be wherever you are. And it's not uncommon for the griever to question their spiritual walk mm-hmm. when they have a grieving experience. Yeah. Yes. I, I would agree though. I think we're all, you know, they're still here. Oh, yeah. I yeah. can like, I can feel my mom when she's around Yeah, all the time. And I talk to yeah. her and I actually um, went and saw a medium once and she was like, do you talk to your mom in the car? And I was like, yes. And she was like, yeah, she, she hears you. I was like, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love those stories. I love those yes. stories. It's actually quite interesting is that I don't go there with clients unless they go there with me. Like yeah. sometimes we really need to know was, do you remember in the beginning, like just wanting to know, I remember yes. wanting to know where Austin was wanting to know if he was okay. You know, that, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So there's, yeah. there's an aspect of really searching it out and questioning everything. Yes. It's, it's so beautiful though. Cause then you get to kind of, you know, feel that connection to everything and everyone and yeah, all of that. Amazing. We went through all my questions pretty fast. <laughs> and I thought I was talking too much. Oh, I, heck I, no. I, I love that. The question about your girlfriend that um, that's really sweet. The other thing I can also relate back to that, if it helps any other grievers is that grief is, is compounded. So if we don't complete other losses in our life, they all, we can be grieving them all at the same time and they can start to mesh together. So Mm -hmm. for example, um, her sister and the baby can start to come together, you know? Yes. So that's why we want to do our work. We want to take the action steps and do the work, the much needed work, the hard work so that we can, um, live a life that's, you know, has a little bit of joy, has a little bit of love, has a little bit of them in our heart all the time. Yeah. And this is like so weird because um, I actually lost a cousin as well when I was um, much younger and his name was Austin. So yeah. Yeah. And I never really, since I was young and I didn't really understand, I didn't take the time to process and to heal like I did with my mom. So yeah, yeah. those two definitely kind of started intertwining together and I had to like separate. And so separate. It out. Yes. You, grieving you is a culture. The whole yeah, journey. I, <laughs> it's totally a whole journey. I get a lot of, I get so excited about this subject. I get, start talking. Sorry about that. Um, no, please one do. Of the things with our, with the new lost is that you can be thinking about Austin, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, because I was complete with Austin when Donovan died, Donovan was Erica's second son. It was just purely about Donovan because I had right. done the work, but I honestly, I'm going to tell you the truth. Had we not done the work 10 years before, I don't know where 
where we would have been mm -hmm. when we found out that Donovan had died. So, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. yeah. Very interesting. There, you know, it's a subject that we got to get out and talk to people about so people can start learning. There is a possible way to heal your broken heart. You know, you're not going to be like this forever. Yeah. So, and, and I've seen like firsthand, um, some people with that have dealt with loss and then they just become so angry and they don't even realize that it's yeah. like rooted in this loss and they're just so yeah. angry at the world and at themselves and like, it's important, really important for people to heal. It's so important because I can remember also at the beginning stages, like just being at the grocery store or at the bank and everyone is living their life. And yeah. all you want to scream is, wait, my nephew just died. My heart's broken. You're like, you want to walk in the store. You want people to understand, but it's like, everybody goes back to living their life. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to move on. We got to keep going. It's, it's hard. And then when we don't deal with it, I see people like they get a flat tire and, and they go off on the tire and it's never, is never the tire's fault. It's that I have pain from when I was with my nephew and the tire broke. And I remember this story and here, you know, it starts to affect every aspect of our life. Yes, it, it really does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It truly seeps in everywhere. Well, thank yeah. you again for coming on here. Um, if you would repeat after me, now we are going to say our affirmations. Awesome. Okay. I am strong. I am strong. I am kind. I am kind. I am loved. I am loved. And I send love. And I send love. I Very love beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you so much, seriously, for taking the time to come on here. Um, I love this conversation. Um, I love you. <laughs> love everything about it. I love it too. I, I feel <laughs> so, um, connected to you when I listened to that podcast. I was like, I got to tell her. She uh, processed mom and it was beautiful. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, I'm glad I'm doing something right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. All right. And you guys, I will um, link everything of Sharon's in the show notes down below so that you guys can check her, check her out as well. She is amazing. And that's all I have for you today. Sending love. <laughs>